Question, why is there a rise of anti-Semitism in our world again today? Is this a repeat of what we saw back in the 30s and 40s? You'll find out on today's Godcast. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Remnant News, the Remnant Godcast. We're so glad that you've tuned in to today's show. Hey, listen, we have been banned on Facebook, literally banned. Our page is still up because people keep saying, well, we see the page. If you go to the page, you can see it, Remnant News. But other than that, you are not able to see it in your news feed. So our page post reach went from literally millions a week to a couple of hundred. Uh, big, big loss. And so we've transferred over to Real Todd Coconato. Real Todd Coconato. That's T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O. Real Todd Coconato Facebook, where we are picking up with the work that we left off on Remnant News. And we're a little bit upset about it, but you know what? God told me, don't worry about it. He's going to continue to expand the territory. And so we're just believing and trusting in him. We know that the enemy tries to silence the truth, but he will be unsuccessful in the end. And he is unsuccessful now because we continue to grow. This audience continues to grow. And we continue to think of new strategies and new ways that we can get the gospel out and get a biblical worldview perspective of, you know, talk radio and what's going on in our world today. And so I thank you that you tune in the show. I really do. We thank you that you tune in every single day for those that are regular listeners. And if you just found us for the first time, welcome to The Remnant. Hey, listen, The Remnant is just a group of people that believe in, in teaching and, and living out the full gospel of Jesus Christ, the full Bible. We teach the whole Bible, and we're unashamed and bold about it. But at the same time, we show people the love of Jesus Christ. We're not here to judge and condemn everybody in the world. We're here to show them the love and the truth that's found in the Bible and in the gospel story. So thank you so much for tuning in. And today I'm going to talk Talk about a subject that I notice, and I, I have a teaching on this because I think that there's a lot of similarities when it comes to Christian persecution and the rise in anti-Semitism. Now, I know right off the bat, people are going to get mad at me because they're going to say, well, Christians are the true church of God. You have to receive Jesus to become your personal Lord and Savior in order to be saved. And I will just say to those people, I am 100% agree. You do have to become a Christian and accept Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior in order to spend eternity with Jesus. So we're not saying that a, uh, a person that has not done that is going to find their way to heaven. I don't believe that's true. I believe you have to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, people will get off on tangents on that question. They'll say, well, what about if somebody's on a stranded island and they never read the Bible and, you know, I mean, don't, doesn't God give them a free shot? So here's my answer to that. I believe that if you seek God, he will reveal himself to you. How do I know this? Because in my own life, I sought God. I really wanted to know who God was. Was God real? Is he real? You know, when as a child, I remember looking up at the moon and saying, hi, God, I thought God was, at, you know, living on the moon. And so I would literally think he was watching down from the moon. But, but it's true. I've, I've been on a faith journey my whole life. When I was eight years old, I went to a Billy Graham crusade, and it was there that I first accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And my family and I, we, we grew up Catholic. And, um, you know, I had a personal encounter with Jesus at eight, but then again, went into the world for many years and didn't really return to Christ until my early 20s. Even though I served in churches and, you know, did all kinds of things before that, I, I want to say when I had my true adult encounter, when I really said I'm giving up all the, the areas in my life that are sin and compromise was around 21, 22. 
But but that's not to say that the journey ended there because it still continues today in my 40s where I'm continuing to you know peel away layers and I think that that's what we do until the day that we go home to be with Jesus. So we're never perfect. We need a savior. We're all sinners and have all fallen short of the glory of God and our need of a savior. That savior is Jesus the Christ. That's what I needed to do in my life. All the voids that I had, all the things that I was seeking, I found God. And that's why God says, I stand at the door of your heart knocking, and all you have to do is let me in. So wherever you may be tonight, no matter what you may be going through, how discouraged you are, if you've never heard the gospel message before, I just want you to know it's available to you. Jesus is available. What I have received is also freely given to you. It's a free gift of salvation, and yet it's the most valuable gift that we can ever receive here on earth, and it's it, it literally costs us our eternity. And so uh, that's what I would say if somebody has, you know, is on a foreign island that perhaps, you know, maybe no one has ever taught them the gospel of Jesus. I believe if you, you know, like the Bible says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And that's what I believe. And so if you seek God, I believe you're going to find God. If you're on a mission, if you've tried all different types of religions, you never really had anything that clicked, you know, try Jesus because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. And I hope that that makes sense. So I know that that you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus, they're not going to go to heaven. They could be the best person. They could have, you know, literally be like helping people. They could be, you know, just dedicating their whole life to, to service and to the community and helping people. But if they haven't received Jesus, then honestly, they're not going to go to heaven. Now, people say, well, that's harsh. How could you say that? I'm a good person. The thing is, none of us by our works alone could ever attain salvation. That's what I'm trying to tell you. In fact, the guy that was on the cross next to Jesus, he really didn't do much in his life, did he? He just accepted Jesus right there on the cross. And, and Jesus said, you shall spend eternity with me. You know, I'll see you in heaven. I'll see you on the other side. Because he believed that Jesus was his Lord and his Savior, and he accepted him in his heart. And so that's what we need to do. We will never achieve the holiness that we need to achieve here on earth without Jesus Christ. And so you can be the best person. You can be doing all kinds of good works. And I don't discourage you from doing those things because I think that's known as fruit. You know, as a Christian, you want to do good works. You know, you want to um, show people the love of Christ. And so there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's how we should live, a righteous way, right? We should live in a righteous manner. But that being said, we're not going to, you know, earn our way to heaven. No. The only way that we're going to get to heaven is by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So that's what I would say. I know it sounds harsh, but I didn't make the rules. I didn't make the rules. Actually, it's really not harsh because if you think about it, it's actually so amazing that God would have so much mercy on us because he knows that we're all sinners. He knows that we've all fallen short of God's glory. And so that being said, you know, there is a, a major rise in what I call the spirit of Antichrist. And it is raging in our world. I mean, you can see it playing out right on social media. In fact, there's days I just need to get off and say, you know what? Right now, I need to spend some time with the Lord and get encouraged in prayer and what I call feeding my soul. I need to just feed my soul. I need to spend some time in the Word. I need to spend some time in worship. I need to get you know back on the right thought process here and the right track because... You know, the spirit of Antichrist is raging in our world. And if you're standing for righteousness, you're standing for truth, you're standing for the word of God, I know that you can see there's an uptick. There's an uptick in what I call spiritual warfare. Why do I call it spiritual warfare? Because the weapons of our war are not carnal. They're not fleshly weapons. Yes, there are real weapons like knives and guns and all those things, but the weapons of Christians 
What we're really fighting is in the supernatural realm. It's in the realm that we can't see. And it's against principalities and strongholds and, and demonic forces. But the good news is, is that we can overcome those things and crush them and trample on them by the power and authority of the Holy Spirit and by the name of Jesus, which is the name above all names, because he is holy and he sits on the throne of glory. So if you find yourself in 2019 standing for righteousness, standing for the word of God, standing for truth, you're going to get pushback. You're going to get people that are attacking you day after day, and sometimes it can wear you down. And this is what we're seeing in this rise of the spirit of Antichrist. So, so how do I make the correlation of anti-Semitism with the spirit of Antichrist? Because we've, we've kind of already, you know, kind of beaten a dead horse here and talked about it over and over that, you know, you have to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So I'm not here to say, as some have proclaimed, that, that a Jewish person or any person can get to heaven without accepting Jesus. I'm not proclaiming that today. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, though, is, is that the Jewish people are God's beloved. The Bible says first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. He picked a chosen people, and that was the, the nation of Israel, the people of God. You know, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is, is the God of Israel. And so we have to understand, we do serve the same God, and we do believe in the Torah, and we, you know, we believe in the Ten Commandments. We believe in the things that are said in the Old Testament. And Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the prophecy. So, you know, while I say, you know, adamantly, we do not worship Allah. We do not worship the, the Muslim God. We do not worship the God of all these cults and, you know, false religions that you see. And there's many of them as it's a pervasiveness in our society today to have all kinds of false religions, false gods, false deities. And in fact, the Bible said that we would see that and, and it would be a sign of the times even more so towards the end of the age. So again, as the spirit of Antichrist is rising in our land, as we're seeing more and more of the pushback against, you know, biblical values and morality and against the truth of the word of God, you're seeing the rise of the spirit of Antichrist. You're feeling an increased pressure against you as a Christian. So don't think that you're weird or that you're by yourself because I'm here to tell you there is a large group of Bible-believing Christians that are living out their lives, trying their best to live righteously and according to the word of God, trying to raise their family with these biblical values and principles, and they are feeling the same as you. So you're not alone. I know the enemy wants you to feel like you're alone because that's what he does. He wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to withdraw. He wants you to withdraw. And that's why we say in the word of God, the Bible literally says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. Why? Because God knew that we needed a structure. We needed a community. We needed a koinia fellowship. We needed that fellowship, which comes in, you know, communing and being part of the body of Christ. And so that's why there's fivefold ministry giftings, because those ministry giftings complement us and help us as we walk through this situation here on earth. Now, of course, there's false teachers, there's wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, all that. I hear about it every day. People send me the articles every day and you know, they say, oh my gosh, look at this, look at this, look at this. And I try not to get myself caught up in that too much, as much as I acknowledge that's what's happening. And I do understand that there is definitely wolves in sheep's clothing. There's definitely false teaching. There's definitely aberrations and all kinds of crazy synchronism that's going on in the body of Christ. I can't focus on that because God says, focus on what's pure, on what's lovely, on what's holy. So these are the things that we want to focus on. And, and in being about the business of the Lord, which is to get people saved, set free, healed, and delivered. That's what God said for us to do, is to go out there and teach people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tell them about what God did and what he's able to do and what he wants to do. 
So again, I don't believe that the Jewish people without Yeshua, without Messiah, without Jesus are saved, but I do believe God has a love for them and they are God's chosen people and he would love for them, love for them to come into full communion and understand Jesus as Messiah. And so we have a huge heart for the Jewish people. We have a huge heart for Israel. I am not here to stand 100% with political Israel because political Israel is just like political United States. They have liberals, they have conservatives. I don't believe in every single thing the government of Israel does. But I do believe that a lot of the attack that they have, and we just saw this last week, 700 rockets that have been, you know, propelled towards Israel, again, under massive barrage of rockets and attacks. And thank God for the Iron Dome. And there have been some people that have been wounded and even killed, but the numbers are far less because of the protection systems that they have in place. And I believe because of the grace and mercy of the Lord. But why is there an uptick? Now, here's the other thing I noticed, even in the church, even in the church, there's a rise in anti-Semitism. And I will just say this, um, you know, very well versed. And I understand that there's all different types of perspectives out there. Honestly, no matter what I say, somebody will be mad at me. And I'm not here to get into the argument or discussion about what some call as Zionism or, you know, there's a lot of people that are really concerned about the Palestinian Christians and, you know, about the way that Israel, like I said, political Israel handles itself. I'm not here to get into those weeds today because I'm just here to talk about the rise in anti-Semitism, which I believe is happening not only in, in the Middle East, but all around the world, including here in the United States. And I think this is a sign of the times because Christians, once again, last year, were considered the, the most persecuted group again in the world. We don't really see it so much in the United States. And I think we need to be really, really careful because we've gotten complacent. We've gotten a little bit apathetic. We've gotten comfortable, especially with a administration like the Trump administration that's friendly towards, uh, you know, religious liberties and freedoms. I think we've, we've gotten very comfortable and we just need to be careful because at the drop of a bucket, persecution could come on us here in the Americas very much so, very quickly. In fact, if there was a change in the guard in the White House, we could see a dramatic, a dramatic you know, drastic change overnight because we already saw a lot of hostility in the Obama administration, but I think that it would even be worse this time around because the Democratic Party or the Democrat Party, they're not really Democratic, <laughs> um, they, they have really seen the power of the evangelical community when it came to the election of Donald Trump in 2016 and the support of the president and reciprocation that he has shown the Christian conservatives just unbelievable. I mean, as far as standing for religious liberties and freedoms and really allowing access to this White House. And uh, there's been an evangelical council that, you know, speaks, speaks and meets re regularly with the president, prays for the president, advises. It's an advisory board. They advise the president. I have two close friends that are on the board. Another one that's that's closely related. Um, so, you know, we hear a lot of things that are happening uh, with the president. We hear amazing testimonies of people laying hands on him, praying for him. Dr. Dobson said he led him to the Lord. I mean, just crazy things that we've heard, um, you know, where, where we, this is unprecedented. We have not seen this in a previous White House, at least not in my lifetime. And I don't, I don't recall even in the last century. Um, really unbelievable. And, and a huge supporter of Israel, President Trump. He's a huge supporter of Israel. So with these rocket barrage attacks that just happened here in the last few days, the president is sending a carrier group now out to uh, the Persian Gulf and out to the area, you know, close to Iran, 
uh, by the Strait of Hormuz and around that area to, to safeguard that region, to show that America has capabilities for a quick strike if necessary uh, toward Iran. And the, the area is truly escalating when it comes to um, the possibility of war in the, in the region. Israel certainly has been preparing for a while. Um, it looks like a lot of the Hezbollah rockets and a lot of the Hamas rockets and um, just the, the forces are, are being equipped and funded uh, by Iran or by Iranian back forces at least. And so, uh, you know, we don't really trust either of those organizations, Hamas or Hezbollah. Um, but, you know, we see that there's hostility in the region, in Gaza, in, in, in the West Bank. I mean, uh, you know, it, it just depends on which area is going to flare up first, right? And, and of course, in Syria, there's been conflict for the last several years now. Um, so it just continues. And it doesn't seem to stop. So it's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot to understand the dynamics, the geopolitics you know, politics that are happening in the region. Sometimes, you know, Christians, friends of mine, they write me. Again, some of them don't like Israel. They don't like the government of Israel. I understand some of their, their objections. I understand some of their concerns when it comes to Christians in the Palestinian world, you know, and I believe there are Christians in the Palestinian world. We need to love all of our brethren. And I'm not a blind supporter of Israel, but I do love Israel. And I really think that, you know, the Israeli people are God's beloved. And I think we need to be careful. We need to be careful also in our hate or angst or, um, you know, animosity that may build from some of the teaching that's being told on the Internet, um, you know, in certain churches that are starting to become a little anti-Semitic. And I think we need to be careful because I think, again, um, you know, I always say, look, what is the the opposite side here? You always have to look here and see, because I always believe there's a spiritual battle between light and darkness. So if we're talking about a battle between light and darkness, you know, you have to look at it. So you got Israel and who are they fighting against? Well, it's it's Ish- Ishmael. It's it's, you, you know, you, you literally got Isaac and Ishmael here. Right. Um, so you got to be careful, because if you want to side with uh, Ishmael, then then who are you really siding with spiritually? You know, who are, you know, what is the dynamic of of who you're siding with? And so I definitely would never align myself with Ishmael or the spirit of Ishmael, um, you know, or an anti-Semitic spirit or, you know, uh, anything that would come against God's beloved. I think you need to be very careful in that area. But again, don't, you know, just blindly follow political Israel, because that would be like blindly file following the government of the United States. And as we know, there are times when the government of the United States has, you know, perpetrated false flag events, has lied to the American people. You know, look at the Gulf of Tonkin. I mean, look at uh, Operation Mockingbird. Look at, you know, many, many times that we can look back at over the years and say, wow, that actually didn't happen the way the government told us it did. So we can't put a blind trust in a government. But I do believe that the people of Israel, the Jewish people, are God's beloved. I really do believe that. And I believe that God's favor is on them. He wants them to come to know Messiah. He wants them to come to know Jesus, Yeshua. And so we need to be praying for Israel. We need to be praying for the Jewish people. They're, they're very close. I know many, many Jewish people that have come over to know Jesus as Messiah, that a big Jewish person that knows Messiah as Jesus. And I think that's beautiful and amazing. And so we support Israel. We love the Israeli people. Even if they don't know Jesus, I still love them to death. Uh, I want you guys to know that. And we have some, some close Jewish friends. But again, I will not compromise in my belief that you need to know Jesus in order to, to, to spend uh, eternity with him and rule and reign with him. That's our belief as a Christian. Doctrinally, that's our belief. Again, I think there's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist that's coming upon our world today. And we're seeing it not only in Israel, we're not only seeing it in the rise of anti-Semitism, we're seeing it in, you know, all across the world, 
that's happening as people are, are almost getting back to like pre-Nazi levels of, of anti-Semitism. And this is a sign of the times, friends. This is a sign and we can't get caught up in this. Be careful of the Christian teachers that are out there that are, that are spewing hate towards Israel and towards the Jewish people. Be careful. I'm not saying again, I'm not saying I'm, you know, the whole Zionism thing. I'm not going to get into that discussion today. I'm just saying, you know, be careful. Just be careful who you're listening to, because I think there's some concern with some of the teaching I've heard that's kind of flipped to the other extreme, the other direction. There's two extremes on both sides and you got to be careful on both. But we need to be lovers and supporters of, of God's chosen people and pray that they come to know Messiah Jesus. That's the most important thing. And in the meantime, I think this is a rise of anti-Semitism around the world. And it, it is in, in correlation and, um, you know, a symptom of the rise in the spirit of Antichrist, which is coming about to, you know, it's, it's the, I mean, let's just speak it how it is. The, the, the Islam, you know, it's radical extreme Muslims that are rising up against Christians and Jews. Well, you know, it couldn't be more clear. The battle between light and darkness. You know, you got one group of people that is barbaric and wants to murder and kill infidels and have, you know, zero tolerance whatsoever on Christianity or on our beliefs. You know, we can't be aligning with those people. So that's the other side. That's the other side. And you say, well, there's a middle side. There's Palestinian Christians. Listen, I don't look at Palestinian Christians as anything less than as Christians. They're Christians. They're brethren. So anybody that's a Christian that's following Christ, they're brethren. Listen, there's the Yazidis, there's the Coptic Christians, there's the Palestinian Christians, there's all kinds of, you know, uh, Armenians. I mean, there, there's Christians that are ancient Christian sects that are in the Middle East, and those are brethren. They're nothing less than brethren. So we need to be praying for the persecuted church in the, in the Horn of Africa, in, you know, South Africa, in, in Sudan, in South Sudan. I mean, major persecution going on with Christians in Nigeria, uh, you know, all around the world. There's tremendous persecution. China, North North Korea. Uh, we can just go on and on about Christian persecution. And that's why Christians, you know, I mean, Indonesia, the number one persecuted religion and faith in the world is Christianity. And that's because of this rise in the spirit of Islam and the spirit of Antichrist. Okay, so let's just call it what it is, a spade a spade. And, and just try, try to understand and grasp the spiritual battle, the one that I always talk about between light and darkness, because everything boils down. If you can think about it, everything boils down to a spirit. You know, it's either light or darkness. Which side will you stand with? Which side will you align yourself with? Will you, will you align with life or will you align with death? You know, look at look at abortion, right? Life or death. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look at what's going on in the, in the Mideast. You know, look what's going on in the rise in, in anti-Semitism. You know, light or darkness? Are we meant to persecute people? Are we meant to hate a group of people? Absolutely not. Are we meant to stand, be, you know, with God's beloved? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pray for them. Pray for them and stand with them, right? And, and, and pray for salvation. You know, pray for them to know Messiah Jesus. Now, people will say, well, why won't you pray for Muslims? Of course we pray for Muslims. We pray for Muslims equally. Honestly, we need to be praying for Muslims to get saved. And I believe there are Muslims around the world that are that are coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So there's no people group that's excluded from coming to know Jesus. Like I said earlier, it's a free gift of salvation. But what I'm talking about today is the spirit of Antichrist. And the spirit of Antichrist hates Christians and honestly hates Jews. And so we have to understand why. Because they serve the same God. They just haven't become to know Messiah yet. But they do love the Lord, their God. 
you know, that, that's who the nation of Israel, you know, in, in the fullness of who they were developed to be, in the fullness of who they were created to be. You know, when we think about the temple and the, and the Holy of Holies and, you know, who is the God they're worshiping? It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who is the God we're worshiping as Christians? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So doesn't it make sense then that the spirit of Antichrist would hate those who serve and love the true living God? Right? So, I mean, it's a theological tightrope that you got to walk here because there is salvation only through Jesus Christ, which is the Messiah, which is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But at the same time, you know, there is a rise of anti-Semitism because of the spirit of Antichrist, which hates those who serve the true and living God. I hope that makes sense today because this is, like I said, it's a, it's a theological tightrope. And no matter what, there's people that are mad at you. There's going to be Christians that are mad at me because they're going to say I'm a Zionist. There's Christians that are going to be mad at me that say I was too, too, you know, tough on, on Israel, you know, and, and too tough on the Jewish people. There's people that believe you don't need to know Jesus or Messiah to go to heaven. So no matter what, I'm going to have all kinds of people writing me letters about today's episode. But at the end of the day, we stand for truth. We stand for righteousness. We do believe there's a war going on, and that war is the battle between light and darkness. And so understand whether it's in your local community, whether it's in your family, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's at your school, the battle you are in is not against flesh and blood, but it's against strongholds and principalities and things in the dark realm, light and darkness. But we have the tools. We are equipped with the tools in our toolbox to fight this battle in the name of Jesus and have victory. Amen? Victory. So when we see the barrage of warfare, whether it's in the natural where we see the rockets coming down the people of Israel, whether it's in the spirit where you're having a barrage happening in your marriage, where you're having a barrage happening at your workplace, wherever it may be, the warfare is not the things of this world, even though we can see it you know, manifesting in the tangible, see it manifesting in the natural. But what's happening is there's a battle between light and darkness, between you know the, the Holy Spirit of the living God and between the forces of the demonic and the darkness. And we know who has the victory in the end. It's always going to be Jesus. So you're on the right side to rule and reign with God forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise him in the middle of your storm. Praise him in the middle of your warfare. Praise him in the middle of your attack. Think about what Paul did when he was in prison. He praised God and the Lord lifted him up, gave him the manna, gave him the strength that he needed to get through. Today we're meant to walk on water, brothers and sisters. We're meant to walk ahead in victory. Listen, they tried to ban remnant news, but we're out there and we're going to keep preaching. If we have to do it from a megaphone from the top of our building, that's what we'll do. We're going to continue to preach the gospel for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. Thank you for tuning in to the Rebel Radio Program. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.